Today we start a uh, journey through the rest of the summer into the middle of September, walking with uh, Paul and the church in Philippi, the letter of Paul to the Philippians. And it's, uh, you know, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for all the dysfunction in the Bible because that makes me feel at home. Yeah, it's just as, as Paul w- was saying. I mean, we're all broken, and we in the church like to put, as a friend said, the fun in dysfunction. Um, but I'm also thankful for the letter to the Philippians, where it, it seemed like it was just working well. It, there was in, indeed, even in the midst of you know, first century church, where you know the, the, the church in the first century was this minority sect, this little group of people that came out following this guy, Jesus, they said rose from the dead or something like that. You know, it's similar to little sects that we know of today. You, know, if you remember David Koresh or you know, something like that. That's sort of how the popular perception, if even people knew about the church, certainly leadership of the communities and the Roman government, they just viewed them sort of like a mosquito, you know, or a gnat, you know, just swat them away, or if necessary, what happened to Paul, and where he writes this letter, he's in prison. The, 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 the officials of the Roman government were like, all right, this guy's said enough, let's just put him in prison, and maybe there we can keep him quiet. But what we find in this letter, in Paul's words to the church in Philippi, that no matter what, no, no matter how the church is viewed, no matter where he finds himself, at every turn, Paul finds joy. And it comes through clearly in, in his correspondence with the church in the city of Philippi. So during the course of the, the, the rest of this summer, I pray for us that as, as we venture with Paul, with the church in Philippi, we'll, we'll catch a little bit of that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll learn a little bit. We'll be formed by this relationship so that we too will learn and grow to find joy at, uh, at every corner. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for this time to gather. We give you thanks for your written word. Speak to us. Uh, open our, our eyes, our hearts, our minds. Open our hands um, to, to hear you, to experience you, and then to do um, your, your bidding. Um, lead us uh, in the ways of Jesus. His name we pray. Amen. I, our... Uh, Reading today is uh, the very beginning of this letter um, from Paul. It's found on page 953 in your pew Bible if you want to follow along there. It's also, we'll also have it uh, on the screen. Um, and also, just a reminder, on your way out, we have uh, the, just the guidance for the passages and the uh, memory verses for each week for the next several weeks as we walk through uh, Philippi. If you didn't get it last week, you can get it um, this week on, uh, on your way out. Hear the word of the Lord. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, 
because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I'm confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, let me uh, ask you, if you're driving down Hamilton Avenue and you see this on the side of the road, what's the question that pops in your mind or, or the wonder that comes to the fore? What are they building? Yeah, you, know, you look at a construction site and you say, hey, what are they building? Well, from our, our passage here, and especially the, the, the memory verse, in a sense, this is a picture of what every Christian looks like. And this is a picture of every gathering of Christians. We're a construction site. We are always under construction. We are always moving in a, a direction according to the master builder who is always building something either in us or through us. And that's what Paul celebrates with the church in Philippi. He's saying, God is, is doing a work in me and He's doing a work through me and now in, as I join with you, God is doing a work in us and God is doing a work through us. And that is the same for us today. For every one of us who follow Jesus. No, no exception. That we are all part of this construction project. If you, you look back in the, the first passage, you see how, how Paul says in verse 5, how he's constantly praying for them because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. And, and then later on in the middle of verse 7, for all of you share in God's grace with me. This, this construction project that God is doing in us and through us includes every one of us. No matter our intellectual capacities. No, no matter our, our financial resources. No matter our physical abilities. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you are a part of this construction project, you, you are a part of what the master builder is doing in and through us. I mean, as a, as a congregation, as a community of faith, what... what Joy it is to consider the, the work that we're connected to. Whether it's across the street or across the sea. You know, mission workers from here who are part of us, who have left, who, who go to other parts of the world. 
the Far East, the Middle East, a couple parts of Africa and Europe. A group from here just returned, a youth group just returned from Budapest, Hungary. They, they went last year and helped St. Columba Church there have a summer camp, like a vacation Bible school. And they had 40 children. This year went to 60 children from 18 different nations. Three from Muslim background, two from Jewish background. All gathering as part of the the, the work of the, the church, the construction project of God to carry His good news all around the world. And, and we are a part of that. Just like Paul and the church in Philippi were part of that construction project. The, the, the work that goes on just through the, the ministry of this particular congregation whether it's swim ministry, whether it's youth impact, whether it's crash or Sunday school, whether it's King's Domain Camp. I mean, all the different ways that we're in partnership. The Impact World Tour that's coming to Aiken in September. We, each one of us, play a role. It may be through prayer. It may be through giving of our time and energy in some way. It may be through contributing financial, financially. But... Every single person. It always pains me and saddens me when I visit folks in nursing homes who physically are just unable, they're not even unable to come to a worship gathering. And, and they're, they're like, I mean, they're, they're, they're tired. You know, they're worn out and it's hard. And they're ready to see Jesus. And what pains me though is when they say, and I'm good for nothing. And I'm like, no. You, you are, God has you here for a reason. The most powerful way that we interact with participating in God's construction project through us, through the rest of the world, is through prayer. That, that God, that's a privilege in which God gives us to join in His divine reclamation project of the whole world. And so if you're able, in that conversation with them, if you're able to have a conversation with me, then you're able to have a conversation with God. And, and that is of the utmost significance and importance. So, for every one of us, we get to be a part of God's construction project all around the world. And the other thing that we see here is that this this construction project is characterized by joy. I mean, throughout the passage, you see how with with Paul and the church in Philippi, that they're cherishing one another. They are partners with one another. That's that's why. It's language like this that Paul uses here. Well, I, I don't like the word volunteer. I like the word partner in ministry. It just so happens that some of us get get paid, or actually we don't get paid to do it, but you as a church have have so graciously for for me allowed me the freedom to to give my the full of my my time to to prayer, to study, to proclaiming the word, and, and to to ministry. And you enable me to do that by providing for. Me and my family's needs financially. And, but 
whether that's the case or not, we are partners in ministry. We, we are all part of this construction team that God has assembled. And through us, He has continued to carry out His construction projects. You know, it's, it's particularly, well, not particularly, but a little more challenging when you come back from vacation, which I did this week, to then read you know, this passage and see just Paul's joy and excitement for the work of the ministry. Because whenever you come back from vacation, there's always re-entry. You know, I mean, sort of like the shuttle coming, re-entering into the atmosphere. You know, when you're in zero gravity, you know, things are just free and easy going. But then you enter in the atmosphere, you know, and things sort of heat up. So it was particularly good, actually, for me then to think about this passage and reflect on the privilege that I have, that you have allowed for me to give myself fully in this arena of ministry. And what a joy it is to be about things that are so eternal. I mean, just, just this weekend, I had three different conversations throughout the weekend of phone calls from some of you. And just asking for guidance or wisdom or asking some questions just about your areas of ministry. And, and gracious as those conversations, each one of them started with, hey, Drew, sorry to bother you. And when I reflected on that, I'm like, yeah, this is not a bother. This is an honor to, to give, because, I mean, the other option's cutting the grass. You know? <laughs> But to give 30 minutes or 45 minutes in a conversation with another about a significant relationship, about a, a significant loss, or their, their process of grieving, or, or their marriage. You know what? What a privilege it is. To be able to engage in ministry, in that construction project with you, to partner with you in the work you're doing with friends and co-workers, family members. And what a, what a really a joy it is to join with you in, in being a, a community of Jesus followers who, who, are, who are seeking to do things that really don't happen naturally, but only supernaturally, that we connect with one another, no matter our differences, but we connect in Jesus. And that we're seriously seeking and trying to figure out how do we serve the world like Jesus, no matter the cost. And remember, He served the world all the way to the cross. And that we, like Paul in Philippi, that we want to celebrate Jesus no matter what the circumstances, even if we're in jail. And what, what a joy. I mean, if we fail, at least we've failed pursuing what is the very heart of God and what is of eternal significance. So it is indeed a joy to join with you on this journey and on this mission, being a part of this construction project. And it's not just that God is enjoy, involving us in a construction project through us, but He's also doing a construction project in us. You know, every time we look in the mirror, we can invite Jesus in and say, All right, Jesus, what are you building there? 
What, what part of the construction project are you building? Because if you look at our, our memory verse, you know, what, what God has started, He will bring to completion. But completion isn't until the end. So if we are in Jesus, then He is doing a construction project inside of us that hasn't come to completion yet. That's really good news. You know, like Paul was saying in the beginning, when we come to confess, we don't have to hide something or justify it. We can be honest. Hey, you're, you're the one that's the general contractor. You are doing your work. You are constructing in me more the character of Jesus. What, what part of that character are you constructing right now? We don't have to come in and try to act like we're perfect or we've got it all together. And what Paul tells us and what he tells them at the end of the passage is that the, that, that goal, you know, sort of like at the end of the passage, he gives the, the architect's rendering of what this construction project is going to look like. Those are always the great things, aren't they? You know, those are my favorite things. You know, let's skip all the holes and the digging and all that kind of stuff and just get to what's it going to look like at the end. Well, that's what Paul is saying, that he's praying for the church in Philippi and that we pray for one another. And this is my prayer, verse 9, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. That, that is the artist rendering for every follower of Jesus. That the love of Jesus would so fill us and characterize our very lives. And that's the work that He's doing in me and that He's doing in you. That's, now there may be different facets of that for each one of us. But the big picture, what He is at work in me and you, always doing in every circumstance, developing in us the love of Jesus for others. Now, love is not a romantic, feel-good, give everybody what they want. Matter of fact, I mean, giving everybody what they want isn't loving. I've got kids. And what they want is not what's best for them. Even though it would be cool to have Snickers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's just not a loving thing to give them. Love, the love of Jesus, is a love that is able, as Paul says here, a love filled with knowledge and insight. You're not two words you usually put with love. But a biblical picture of love, that's what it is. It's a love that is filled with a knowledge and insight so that we can discern what is best and then do it, even if it hurts us. That's the love of Jesus. It fills us with the knowledge and discernment to see what is best and then the capability to act for the best interest of others even if it's not in our own self-interest. And that's, that is the way of Jesus. That is the way of the cross. And, and this love then bears fruit in righteousness. As, as Paul says here, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Now, it's key, key to realize this. That doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to leave here, I'm going to go be more loving, I'm going to be more righteous, I'm going to try harder. That's not it. He doesn't say that, go try harder to be loving and righteous. What he says is, is it's God's work in you. God is... He switches metaphors, goes from builder to then farmer. 
God's the builder. God's the farmer. The, The fruit of righteousness flows through His work in you. That's, that's why I'm excited about the possibilities as we come into the fall and have a, uh, an hour of Bible study and spiritual friendship and time of prayer in between the two worship services because that's the time. That's the, the, the time as well of construction in our own soul, of letting the, the seed that God plants grow roots, be fertilized, and bear fruit fruit of righteousness. It's not something that we try to do. It's something that we turn to God and He does in and through us. That's His construction project in us and through us. Corporately and individually. It's not just building a sandcastle here. I mean, I hope you get a sense of, man, that's tough. That's, that's real stuff. That's real change. That's, that's not the way of the world. You're right. But look back at our memory verse. It's what Paul wants to say to the church in Philippi. He wants to say to us, I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you, see, God's the one that starts it, God's the one that carries it out, and God promises to finish it. It won't be finished until the end, until we see Jesus face to face, either at our death or His return. But He promises what He started, He will complete. If you drive up and down uh, I-71 over in Kenwood, you'll see another construction project. And this one now, if you're aware, has stopped. You know, Kenwood Town Center. I don't know all the details and don't want to get into that. It's just a simple illustration. But in all the human wisdom and resources, they started this project, I don't know, I forget how many years ago, and now they haven't worked on it in years. It's really sort of a sad. It's an eyesore and it's sort of scary. What's going to happen to the buildings around it? What's going to happen to the structure that is there? But I share that with us to say that will not happen to you, to me, or to us as the church. God has all the resources necessary. And He's planned it out just right. He has, he has the plan. He's not going to come to me or to you and say, Oop, that one takes too much. Forget Him. In His hands, He will bring His project to completion. In you and in me and in us. I think that's one of the keys to finding joy at every turn. Is is knowing that God's the one that's in control and God's the one that is working. It's not our job to do the work, but it's to let God do His work in and through us. What's the building project that God is doing in you? I hope as you go through this week, every building site you see, or as you drive up and down 71 now, that'll be a reminder to you, oh yeah, I'm a building project. God is is still constructing in me the very heart and soul of of Christ. And, And we are a construction site that God is doing the same thing in us. So that every building site will be one that's a reminder of God's construction and a reminder to what God has started. He is capable and able to finish.
May, may we, like Paul and the church in Philippi, trusting in God as the construction manager, find joy at every turn in this construction process. Even when it's hard. Even if it's hard, even if it's painful, it's always good. We find joy in what He is doing in us and through us. Now, I want to, to close. I want to do our, just say our verse together. It's Philippians 1, verse 6. It's uh, on the screen or in your Bible, or if you do have your handout, it's there. But I'd like for us simply to, to affirm together this word from Paul that is true for me, you, and us together. I'm confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. Amen.